You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, September 22nd. Thank you for joining us on this glorious Tuesday. It's really good for Rob G., producer of the podcast, Raiders fan. The Raiders moved to 2-0 with, I don't know, but... I'm a little stunned here. It was a relatively easy win over the Saints. They dominate the second half. The big takeaway, Drew Brees washed. That's what everybody's going to be talking about all day today. We'll get to that shortly. I just want to let you guys know, great interview coming up later in the podcast with one of LeBron's friends, Dante Jones, played on the LeBron James championship team with the Cavs. They came from behind to beat the Warriors. Dante takes us inside the locker room of Game 7 in Oracle Arena when the Cavs had to come back and beat the Warriors. Really good stuff from Dante Jones. Smart guy. I've known him for a little while through FS1. Really intelligent individual. And um, he's got a lot of good stories. So I think you'll like that. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review. All right, now let's get to the NFL. Monday Night Football, Raiders 34, Saints 24. And you listen, you guys know how the island games work, okay? Everybody watches Red Zone, but there's so many games going on Sundays 
that were bouncing around. You're not able to really sink your teeth into one game. The Island games, Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football. These are where the narratives are built because everybody's watching the game. There are commercials. It's slow. And the biggest takeaway from this game, without question, Drew Brees looked washed. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory sense. This statistic is going to floor you, okay? Drew Brees, he's never had a cannon arm, right? But now he's 41 years old. And his arm's definitely becoming a liability. Drew Brees, through two games, has an average air yards on his passes of 4.8, okay? That's the lowest through two games for him with the Saints, and the lowest of any quarterback in the NFL through two games since 2009. And who had the low air yards of 4.8 in 2009? Wouldn't you know it, another 40-year-old, a gentleman by the name of Brett Favre with the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the positive spin for Saints fans is that was the year Favre and the Vikings went 12-4. and And they lost in the NFC Championship game, of course, Favre through the overtime interception. And the Saints went on to the Super Bowl. But it's pretty clear, if you watched that game last night, no Michael Thomas, and of course that's a big loss for the Saints. He led the NFL in receptions last year. But he's their guy who moves the sticks down the field, knows to run past the marker, sure hands. And last night, I mean, the Saints, uh, we're talking about dink and dunk city Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. I mean, Drew Brees barely looked to Jared Cook. Didn't throw the ball deep at all. And when you're unable to stretch the defense, they're able to come up and crowd you. And the Saints, they did move the football. Now, if you just look at the box, where you're going to say, wait a sec, Jason, they, they rang up over 400 yards of offense. What, what's the problem here? You know, 424 yards, 7.4 yards per play. So the Saints moved the football. But that's deceptive because what happened late in the first half is the game kind of flipped and penalties started to kill the Saints. So the Saints were in control 17-7. And then late in the first half, and this is one of these stats you've got to read, like the football outsiders put out this huge manual every year. And I have to go through every single team and pull out the best facts I can. And one of them was the Saints really struggled last year in the final two minutes of the half to stop teams. They were 26th in points against in the final two minutes of the half. Final two minutes, Monday Night Football, Saints give up a touchdown, okay? Then they compound that by Drew Brees throwing a terrible interception. And I couldn't tell, if you look at the replays, it almost looked like Drew Brees lost the Raiders linebacker in the logo at midfield. They kind of blended in together. Brees throws a pick right to him, and the Raiders get a field goal out of it. So now they get 10 points in the final two minutes of the half, and they it's 17-7. You've got momentum. Remember, they were down 17-7. They were looking to be in trouble here, and the Saints never were able to rebound from that. Raiders come out, first drive of the second half, smash mouth football, a lot of running, and this is where the penalties killed the Saints. A lot of self-inflicted wounds. They had 10 penalties for a buck 29, okay? On that opening drive of the second half, big pass interference flag, and the uh, Raiders convert fourth and goal on the one, and they take a touchdown lead. Saints punt. Saints punt again. Raiders come down the field. Again, big penalty. Uh, there was a horse collar flag. And again, the, the penalties, they were they were brutal 
on a veteran Saints defense that returned 9 of 11 starters. You don't expect that kind of night. And the Raiders score a touchdown, and that was it. So Drew Brees unable to go deep. And they're very predictable on offense. It's Alvin Kamara uh, on the sweeps, some Alvin Kamara between the tackles, a little Latavius Murray here and there. And then it was, you know, we're going to try to hit the crossing routes, and the Raiders were all over it. They did a really good job keeping uh, the Saints in front of them. And that's a big win. The Raiders, a shocking 2-0. Rob G., I got to ask you, as a big-time Raiders fan, how good are you feeling about this team with the 2-0 start here? Oh, I'm feeling fantastic. And I must say that uh, Monday night's win was never in doubt. You know, I went into it feeling extremely confident. So confident that when Rob Parker texted me on Monday afternoon asking if he should bet the Raiders uh, plus four, I told him no. <laughs> so, you know, shows how much I know. But no, it was, it was great to see them win. You know, I picked them before the season to make the postseason. I thought that would be a loss on their record. But I did not anticipate how washed Drew Brees was going to be. And even though you and I spoke last week, um, for the Monday show, and we were talking about the Drew Brees Tom Brady matchup, and we both agree that they both look super old. Yeah, and that you know, I, we weren't impressed with either one of them in that game. So I don't know why I let myself believe that Drew Brees was just going to turn it on in this game, and he obviously couldn't. You know, after those first two drives, when the Raiders realized, hey, this guy cannot throw it past twelve yards with any kind of accuracy. Yeah. So yeah. let's just play, you know, a shell defense, keep everything in front of us, and. He's not going to be able to dink and dunk this whole way down the field without Michael Thomas. Here's another stat. I know you were so big on the yards per attempt. In the two games that Drew Brees has played without Malcolm Thomas, not week one did not count because he did play in that game even though he left early. Two games in his career without Michael Thomas. Brees is 0-2 with a 69.0 passer rating, one passing touchdown, Ooh. four picks. That's no good. <laughs> that right. Is, now, every, and, and listen, now, they better get him back next week. You know they got the Packers, right? Right. And now a lot of people will say, well, that's because Michael Thomas is so good. And he is very good. He's a very good wide receiver. But I would argue it's because Michael Thomas is not the guy who's going to beat you deep. He's a slants, quick outs, you know, uh, Des Bryant kind of uses his body to shield the defender to make the contested catches. Not having him out there makes Drew Brees have to kind of stretch the field. He has no choice because mm. there's no one else on that roster that's just going to outmuscle or win these short, quick, intermediate routes. Yeah. And without him available, you saw exactly how old Drew Brees is. Yeah, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, they picked up in free agency. And while, you know, the opponents have to kind of bracket in Michael Thomas, Sanders can then slip through the slot or go deep. Emmanuel Sanders, one catch for 18 yards. He, I mean, like, you don't have to worry. You don't have to have the safety over the top because Drew Brees isn't going to beat you over the top. You know, it's it's very shocking developments how bad the Saints looked. Now, we did on Monday's podcast, if you listen back, we questioned the arm strength. And yes, the Raiders were the best bet at five and a half uh, early uh, Monday morning that went up or that went down, sorry, to four. So a lot of professional money came in on the Raiders and best bet now 18, 10, and two. Um, I do want to say this, though. I'm not sold on the Saints being crap just because Drew Brees looked washed. Okay, We kind of knew this. Uh, Another stat that I got from the Football Outsiders. So in 2018, two years ago, Drew Brees attempted, just attempted, seven passes of 30 or more yards. He had one completion. That's an air completion, not like dump it to Kamara who scoots for 30 yards. In 2019, last year, again, attempted just seven passes of 30 or more air yards, 
and completed just one. So this has been a trend for a while. Maybe it catches up with them now. I will say this Packers game is significant next week. You don't want to fall behind into one and two, whereas the Packers, the Cardinals, uh, who else? Seattle, all these teams are three and oh. Now you're two games back. We don't know if there's going to be fans in the stands uh, in January when home field advantage happens. But remember, the number two seed no longer has a bye because they added a seventh playoff team. So some mild concern uh, for the Saints. But you know me. I have them uh, on a futures ticket to win the Super Bowl. I actually think their odds will go down a little bit this week. And there may be an opportunity if you wait and they do lose to the Packers, you could add to that. Because listen. It's early. Sean Payton's too good. Michael Thomas is going to be healthy. As long as Kamara and Breeze and the defense are there, I think the Saints will be okay. A quick word on Rob G's Raiders. Rob G, I know you saw Trent Brown, their best offensive lineman, did not play. Then Richie Incognito left the game with an uh, Achilles injury. They don't know how serious it is. He, he was nicked up at practice. They were down two starting offensive linemen. They had a rookie fill-in for Incognito. They were doing some musical chairs on the offensive line, and Carr was sacked three times. Um, This is something to monitor simply because I don't know without those two offensive linemen if they're going to be able to open the holes for Jacobs and protect Carr. Um, Again, this is a morning to celebrate the 2-0 Raiders. Very exciting stuff, but... If you are looking ahead, potential problem on the offensive line. Now, to get back to positive Raiders thing, listen, uh, do you guys know the Darren Waller story? I was reading about this guy at halftime. This is a guy to root for. Okay, first of all, he's become a top five tight end in the NFL. Darren Waller, I knew nothing about this guy. had never heard of him before last year when he blew up as a tight end. So this kid was an awesome high school student, okay? He comes from a, uh, grew up outside of Atlanta. He has a two-parent home, okay? He's a great football player in high school, and he was a great student. He was in advanced placement courses. Uh, His family was middle class. Everything was going well. And, And this is the part that sucks. Darren Waller was just such a good student that his black friends teased him, and he told the athletic that he was like, not black enough. He dressed nicely, got good grades, and he like didn't wasn't really accepted by his black friends and he kind of got depressed and kind of went into this funk and then slipped in and started doing oxy and alcohol and cocaine. Like it's just a ser- terrible story uh reading about Darren Waller and what's even crazier is despite all these drug issues in high school, he still gets a scholarship to Georgia Tech, okay, as a receiver. And he failed double-digit drug tests, he told The Athletic, at Georgia Tech. And it was so bad that when he was drafted by the Ravens in the sixth round, he instantly went into the NFL's, uh, you know, drug rehab deal where uh, they try to clean up your act. He claims he failed even more tests in the NFL, nearly flopped out of the league. Apparently he had an overdose in his car in Baltimore, and had to go to rehab again. Like this kid, Darren Waller, rebounding from all this is just such a great story. Um, and and listen, I'm not a huge Raiders fan. Um, I will say the NFL having a good Raiders team in Vegas is a great story, and Darren Waller is a great story. Somebody who can root, who I can easily root for. He's been now clean for 37 months. If you can find that story on the Athletic about Darren Waller. It, it's it's really awesome. And by the way, Darren Waller, 12 catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. He was targeted 16 times, okay? 
Derek Carr had 18 other targets, 16 to Darren Waller. Really good stuff from the Raiders. All right, that wraps up a great Monday night football game. A lot of fun. Let's pivot over to the NBA. Big night tonight in the NBA. Lakers, Nuggets, Game 3. It's basically put up or shut up for the Nuggets. We talk about that with Dante Jones. Really fun interview. I think you'll like it. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Kumo test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, 
He knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a former NBA champ. He played at Duke at Rutgers. Uh, He won't play pickup with me or invite me to any of the great UCLA pickup games. Dante Jones, (laughs) what's going on, Dante? How are you, man? I'm good. How you doing? How's quarantine treating you? Yeah, quarantine's doing, uh, you know, we're holding up well. And I got to say, Dante, the NBA playoffs have been phenomenal. I'm able to watch them with my kids like almost every night because the games are early. And I got to say, are, are you enjoying it? I know you have young kids who who play uh, youth basketball and are obviously destined for stardom. Are you watching a lot of the playoffs with them? I'm watching every game in the playoffs. Um, and, and I'm enjoying having at least a game a night to be able to sit down and enjoy basketball every day of the week. So it's been, it's been awesome for me. All right, we're going to cover, we'll eventually get to Heat heat Celtics, but we got to start with Lakers Nuggets. Dante, Anthony Davis hits a buzzer-beating shot on Sunday night, and it was a weird moment. You know, I talked about it on the podcast Monday that, like, it was like for about two minutes, everybody was like on social media, oh, Anthony Davis hits the buzzer shot, he's great. And then it became, well, LeBron was invisible in the fourth quarter. He was so bad. He didn't score, and, and... I just got kind of down in the dumps about how much people want to go after LeBron, win or lose, and there's been a lot of winning in the playoffs. It just frustrates me. Now, how, how you played with LeBron. You are on social media. You, you are connected to the players in the real world. Nobody talks like this, right? Nobody bashes LeBron after every game. People focus on the positive, right? Right, and I, and I think it's super unfair, but it's just the, the, the way – society is right now social media all the opinions available it's unfortunate that there's something to pick apart every game of what he did or did not do and the only thing I thought about when I heard those things is like we would never really be able to celebrate Robert Horry or Steve Kerr or or guys like that that make big shots for big time players who have crazy legacies but they were a part of of their winning and making big shots to 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 help them win championships and that's something that's going to help AD for the rest of his career, but it was the right read by John Rondo. He was wide open. They actually didn't switch when they're supposed to, and two people were guarding LeBron James. So I don't understand how he's supposed to um, make the game win a shot when there was a defensive error with that, that brought two people to him. Hundred percent agree. Let's quickly talk about Anthony Davis, who has been incredible against the Nuggets. He's been very, very good in the playoffs, and I think you can make the case at this point. He just got named All NBA First Team. Um, that Anthony Davis is the best, most complete teammate LeBron has ever had. Some people will say Wade. Some people will argue Kyrie. I'm going to say it's Anthony Davis, who um, is the first time LeBron has been on that guy's team that he's been first team All-NBA. Your thoughts? I think the key word you used was complete. And the way AD um, dominates on both ends of the floor, I don't think he's played with a guy who can do that who can be special on defense and have special offensive performances in the same night. Um, we, we, we looked to the obvious two, Kyrie Irving and Dwayne Wade. As, as, as good as Dwayne Wade is on the defensive end, he wasn't as special as Anthony Davis is. And then Anthony Davis can, can dominate two categories with, with scoring and rebounding. Unfortunately, Dwayne Wade wasn't, wasn't gifted from God with, the, with that ability to do the things that Anthony Davis can do. And Kyrie was just a special scorer. Like he can dominate games, make big shots. He can dominate the game by scoring, but defense is not something that he hangs his hat on or has he won games with. He's had some good defensive games, which have helped them win, but he hasn't dominated on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. So, yes. Now, so, now, it, yeah. 
Anthony Davis is a terrible matchup for Jokic. I mean, he has no chance against AD. AD is just dominating. I mean, the numbers through two games are staggering. Um, and I, I'm, I mean, I don't want to look past the Nuggets. I do believe it will be a Lakers sweep. But Bam Adebayo and Daniel Thice or Thies or however you say his last name, those guys aren't going to have much of a chance against AD either. I mean, it, it feels like it's all set up for the Lakers to win the title, does it not? It's a different caliber of big men. Those guys are going to have to deal with the two other trees of Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee and then Anthony Davis. And then on the defensive end, Anthony Davis causes is, is, a, is a matchup nightmare for basically any big man in the NBA, especially if you're not a primetime defender. So AD is going to give anybody problems, but especially these two teams with that, that we will, well, any guys on these three teams that are left in the playoffs right now. Anthony Davis is, is, is a matchup nightmare. I liked his post-game interview last night, though, when he, when, when Chuck asked him why um, he doesn't come out aggressive or have those offensive outputs every night. And and he basically acknowledged the fact that he has, he's got some growth to his own personal game of being aggressive all the time, not trying to be a distributor, get people involved, but having that aggressive mindset because he's already acknowledged the fact that when he's productive, aggressive, they move better. They win more games. So he has to come out with an aggressive mindset and not try and, and not try to be unselfish and, and be the distributor, but but attack and be the one who's who's the most dominant on the floor because there's not many people like him. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up a Barkley, and I, it's just so unfair what Barkley does to these guys going after Anthony Davis. Like, I mean, Charles Barkley for whatever reason, Dante. You may know him personally. Maybe you guys are buddies. I just feel like he's gotten to the point where he's an old man yelling in a cloud, like demanding that Giannis not leave Milwaukee. When Charles Barkley himself demanded his way out of Philadelphia, then demanded his way out of uh, Phoenix at the next stop because he was chasing a title. And like now he doesn't want anybody to leave and team up and he knocks them for it. I don't know, man. Tell me about Barkley. Your, your thoughts on Charles Barkley and and just what he's doing to young players. I think he's, I think he... He's not cognizant of his own personal career um, and the steps that brought him to where he is today. And he's not giving the young kids the benefit of the doubt to be able to make decisions and grow like he grew, right? So we're looking at a guy who moved teams, um, who demanded his way out of teams, who had some public spouts, who had some on-the-court spouts. Like he had he had different deficiencies in his game that he doesn't give give credit for. When he's an all-time great, don't get, don't get me wrong, yeah. but he jumps on these kids – a little too fast, a little too early, doesn't give them the benefit of the doubt, just just has it made up in his mind how things should go, and that's, that's unfortunate and unfair in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, okay, to go back to Anthony Davis, one more question. I don't know if you saw over the weekend, but they released the voting from the media members about uh, all NBA and the awards and everything. And, you know, there was a little bit of a dust-up over uh, an ESPN host, Maria Taylor. I don't know if you know her. She did not vote Anthony Davis to first, second, or third-team All-NBA. Now, I guess she has come out and said it was a mistake. But people jumped down her throat and were like, listen, you don't know basketball, blah, blah, blah. It got kind of ugly on social media, which happens. I'm just curious, from the player's perspective, do you guys look at that kind of thing? Who's voting for what? Um, is it talked about in the locker room? No, I haven't been a part of a conversation on who voted for what or why they didn't vote. And don't, people don't, don't really care. Most people, I don't think, understand the voting process in full, especially if you're not a part of, of, of being on one of these ballots. Like people don't really put that much thought into the voting process. But now it's being made, it's being broadcasted and, you, and it, there's more information available on who's doing what. So I think there's some accountability 
um, in these situations, which are, which I think are necessary because a lot of people start voting for random people, which affect the way these awards go sometimes, affect the history of the game. That accountability is necessary because people just do random things for just just because of a dislike of an individual, um, especially in a case like LeBron James. Like people sometimes just just don't take their votes and push them somewhere else just because they don't like him or are not wanting to give him his due at this point in time. Yeah, no, it's weird though. When it comes to all NBA, these media votes can take money out of people's pockets. Definitely. If you, you know, if you are an all NBA guy, you're eligible for the supermax. And I believe I'm not certain that that did impact someone in the last couple of years. It might have been Bradley Beal. I don't know. Um, but it, it, that that does make it kind of you know. Do you think the media should be voting on these awards? And if not the media, then who? Then and and that's that's where the question lies. Like there has to be some sort of if it's not the media. It, I don't think I think the players have a better chance than the media, but then sometimes it comes in rifts and into and, and, and personality clashes. But there should be some some governing body that of respected individuals, um, whether it be a mixture of media, ex players, um, ex personnel, ex ex front office personnel, people who are engulfed in the game of basketball but don't have an agenda or don't have um, any relationship clashes to be able to. To, to change the way the history is. I don't think it should just be either media or players. You understand what I'm saying? I think yeah. there's, there's a, there should be some type of board that votes on these things that you collect of, of these people who are respected in the game of basketball and have the ability because some of these, these people who have an ability to vote are not looking at the game of basketball. They're, they're paying attention to the narratives and the narratives are, yeah. are, are not what these awards are about. I think there is some room for growth in the awards. I do agree that, the MVP should be broken up like other sports are doing should be the, the the best defensive player, the best offensive player. And then the MVP, because that takes some of this interpretation out of the award. I know it's going to change history, but um, I think in this, if, if that was the case, I think Giannis at that, at that point in time would have got the best offensive player and the best defensive player, but he wouldn't have been the MVP. And that, and that's fine. And that leads me to the perfect question. The, the Giannis over LeBron for MVP. I, I had been consistent LeBron all season. What I don't get, and, and tell me if this is fair or not, when you're calculating most valuable, that's very ambiguous. We don't, there's no definition for that. Is it because right now everybody's just leaning on the advanced stats? Well, this is what the net rating is, and this is the PER. And they don't take things into account like, I don't know about you, Dante. When I look at what LeBron does from a helping the GM perspective, he's like a coach on the floor. If You, you know this. Yeah. When LeBron says, hey, we need J.R. Smith, and I think we should bring in Mozgov, those guys come to the Cleveland Cavaliers. When LeBron says, we're going to give up everything for Anthony Davis, the GM listens. Shouldn't we take that stuff into account if you're talking about value? Leadership is one thing that does not get to play a big part in this situation, correct, right? And then the accountability on personnel. Y'all think you have to – if I was a GM, I would, I would always check in with my best player to see if the personalities and the style of game fit because they are the best players like well, in, in a certain caliber of player. Like a, a player like LeBron James, he's a coach on the floor. He sees things differently than the coach does. So great coaches – talk to the player, find out where they can find some type of um, even ground to make the, the, the game plan work. But great GMs as well have conversations to see what type of player that he thinks he should be he should be playing with or if that personality fits well with him. And I think that makes everything um, um, go even smoother. But I think it should be changed, right? I think voting should stop after the conference finals, right? 
because mm. because if you stop it there, because the 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 um the finals MVP is only for the finals, right? You you got seven games point. to get that MVP, and then if you stop voting after the conference finals, if you if you had a great year and you lost in the first round, you should be it should be affected on that MVP because you didn't do what you're supposed to. You just had a great regular season, and guys like LeBron James know how to win championships. When they say it's it's a it's it's a marathon, not a sprint, you're absolutely correct. You can you can sacrifice games here and there or posturing to win a championship on, on seeding. Yeah, those are things that are sacrificed. So I may have to take a night off. Or I may not play a full uh, four quarters because I'm I'm doing my team a disservice by just logging minutes and putting up numbers. We're trying to go for our ultimate goal, which is longer down the road, and I have to preserve my body. So, like getting to the getting to the finals is a feat in itself, and I think the MVP should be reflected upon actually. If, if you're going, if you're going to weigh it as a as the guy on a top team who's a, who's affecting winning, getting to the finals should be uh, weighed into that equation. That's a great point. I've never heard anybody say that. I absolutely love that because you know Russell Westbrook averages a triple double and wins the MVP. The next year he averages a triple double again and he finishes fifth in the MVP voting. Like, what are we doing? Is it the stats? Because uh, right. clearly, you're right. The postseason isn't taken into account. And you know, I don't think Giannis would have got it this year. But there's no, there's no postseason award that reflects the first three rounds of the playoffs. And there's a lot of work to be done in those first three rounds. To uh, and I think those, I just think those are are critical games that should be associated with that regular season award. Because even if you did get to the conference finals and you dominated your team lost, I think you still could be in be given an MVP. But if you just not, if you just flamed out in the first round and you gave everything you had in, in, in the regular season, then what was it all for? It didn't, it didn't, yeah. it didn't mean anything. That's a great point because we're, we're essentially putting more value on a November regular season game than we are a game seven of the first round. Because you're right, no, nobody talk, there's no award for, for any value in the first round of the first three rounds of the playoffs. Listen, I, hopefully the NBA listens. That is a, that's a great point. Like, like Jokic, um, and, Dante. Jokic and Jamal Murray would, would be looked at differently now. If that if oh, that award yeah. popped if that award popped up on that on that progression coming up, Dame Lillard would be looked at differently now, um, than because you had to forego and look at just the, their regular season. They put them teams and did some special things, so it would push people down, but push also people up who did it at like critical times of the season. Yeah, Jason Tatum. I mean, Pascal Siakam being what third team All NBA. I mean, listen, I, that's basically oh the Raptors are really good. They're the second seed. We got to get somebody from the team on there. Let's just put him on. Isn't that what that was? Like, he was a good player, but he's not all NBA. He was an all-star. Uh, he was a good player. He just didn't play well in the playoffs. And, yeah, and, I, and I, that, that happens sometimes. It happens at times. Whether it be health, whether it be the wrong matchup, it happens. But 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 he'd be in a different light. If he brought his team back to the finals again, and he's the best player, and he's playing well in the playoffs, you'd be looking at Pascal Siakam in a different light with, with this criteria what we're talking about. True story. I mean, he listen, head-to-head, Jason Tatum ate him up. Let, yeah. Let's quickly pivot to Celtics Heat. I tried to make a case multiple times this postseason that Jason Tatum has firmly gotten into the top 10 player in the league discussion. Now, because Durant was hurt, you know, and, and Curry missed almost the entire season, you know, we, ha- we have some weirdness here heading into uh, next season. But, like, I think Tatum could be a top—he's uh, right there entering the top 10. He's very young— to me, he looks unstoppable. Dante, am I going overboard? I don't think you're going overboard. And what's scary with Jason Tatum is he can get a lot better. I don't think he's a finished product by no means. 
what he doesn't get credit for is his effort on the defensive end, the chaos that he causes on the defensive end. Offensively, he has a lot of things in his repertoire right now as a, as a young kid, but he can get better and do things more efficiently. So, like, I think the sky's the limit for the kid. But right now, yes, he's, he's at that point of being looked at as a top 10 player. I know how you can put him um, probably in your top 15, but he's right there creeping into that top 10 and look, looking at the, the back end of the top 10. And he has a lot of growth. So uh, we're looking at a guy who could be one of the most special players in the game, top five player in the game, because of his demeanor, of his presence on the defensive end, and his special offensive ability. And now he's also make playmaking as well, which is which which has been a great addition for that team because now he, he doesn't just score. He makes other people around him better. Yeah, and he said something really interesting after they won game three. The media only wanted to ask about the altercation in the locker room. I'm not sure if you heard any inside info right. on Marcus Smart kind of undressing the team with some language and maybe going in a little too deep. But Jason Tatum essentially said, well, you know, if, if that stuff's not happening, then you guys are okay with losing. And we're not okay with losing. And I'm just curious your thoughts on on how the Celtics kind of rebounded after that ugly incident. It was the necessary things that go on Draymond Green articulated the best uh, on, when he was on um, on, on the, 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 the post game show um, great teams argue great teams bicker great teams fight because they're because they believe passionately in accomplishing their goal bad teams stay in their own zone don't voice their opinion don't challenge don't challenge their teammates to be better or don't hold them accountable I took this is how I treat my 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 great friends my great friends I tell them the truth and I demand more out of them because I really, really care about them. And those special teams that want to accomplish something big, they care about their teammates and they care about the goal that they're trying to accomplish. And it's no feelings in it. It's, it's we, we have to be we have to be held accountable at all points in time. And you push that under the rug because you want something more out of your teammates. You want the best for him. And it's and it can get aggressive because of competition. You you brush that off. You take all that out of play. You may fight family. Families fight all the time out of love, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's not personal. It's not. It's not something that you that you carry on to the next game. I think they bounce back. I think they found another level that they can go to because guys, they, they really found out that guys really want to want to get this done. They're not just here just to say they got to the conference finals. All right, I'll wrap up with this. Uh, you were famously on that Cavs team that came back from down three one. Were a were there any incidents in the locker room when you guys were down three uh, one to the Warriors? And then you know just. Anything from Game Seven that you still vividly remember, or you know, you tell your kids about, or you go and watch it on YouTube? Just anything from that series, or or especially Game Seven. Um, do I remember any riffs? No, in it, no riffs, no arguing. But I was a lot. There was a lot of accountability amongst players and through our coaching staff that helped guys get to where they needed to be professionally. I think they're going to be ups and downs and they're going to be slips and falls, but it wasn't a lot of finger pointing. It was, you know, it was, it was a lot of communicating and it was, and, and there were penalties assessed, but guys communicated and got back on track very, very much faster than it would have been if it was a different type of team with different types of personalities. Um, Game seven, um, game seven moment, I just remember I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I was I, I was I was rehashing halftime of game seven. And me and I just I remember Ty Lue being super upset and wanting more out of LeBron James, a guy who had been playing basically every minute, dominating the game and wanted more. 
and I didn't, I could not see where there was more to give. And when me and him kind of start talking outside a locker room on the way to the tunnel, he needs to do more. I was like, listen, I don't know. I, I can't see what he, what he could possibly do, but he wanted to demand more out of him on the defensive end, um, body line, just, just different things for a guy who was dominating the game in so many categories already. And that was basically our halftime speech, him not attacking, but demanding more out of the best player in the world who's having one of the best playoff performances, wanting more because that's what was needed for a championship. And I think it took the air out of the room, but it made people think about like, what actually am I doing if he's dominating the game and he's, and he's being demanded more. And the way LeBron, the way LeBron was challenged, but also took the criticism and turned it up and gave more was special and and just and that, and that's that's one of my one of my great memories because I didn't get it. I I was thinking as a player, like you know what that guy is doing everything, but no, it was just the the, the which which I think Tyron Lue does not get credit for the ability that he had to challenge a star who has done basically everything under the sun, but challenge him and get his respect, and coach somebody who has won it at, at the highest level, has dominated highest level MVPs, whatever. But that mutual respect from player to coach and coach to player. That was special because it's something that 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 only happens on special teams with special coaches and special players. That's that's awesome. I yeah, I just looked at the the box score and at halftime, you know, the Cavs, uh, you guys had forty two points. That's it, and you were trailing uh, by seven. So uh, really in- inspiring stuff from Ty Lue. Uh, my guess is you guys will be hearing from Dante Jones in five years. He'll either be. Uh, in the front office, maybe as a GM or as a head coach in the NBA. That's my guess, Dante. That's where uh, I guess you'll be in about five I years. I appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you're, you're the smartest man ever. So, <laughs> All right. Thanks for the time, Dante. Enjoy Anytime. the rest of the playoffs. Anytime. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Michelin test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Thank you. 
an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. All right, it's time for the best bet here on Straight Fire. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review. And we're always saving the best bet for last. you got to save the gambling for the end of the podcast. So we have Game 3 Lakers Nuggets tonight. Interesting line. If you look back at Game 2, Lakers were 7. It went up to 7.5. Game 3 now, down to 6.5. Now, I don't totally get that because... I saw what a, what looked to be a dejected Nuggets team that was just devastated after Anthony Davis hits the game-winning threes Sunday night to put them up 2-0. That was the game Denver had to have. Remember, I predicted sweep in the series. I put money on the sweep, plus 280, and I like the Lakers here. I know it's a kind of a big number, 6.5, but Frank Vogel will definitely see on tape, hey, wait, they're doing this P.J. Dozier guy. What's going on here? Yeah, P.J. Dozier, really a surprise factor in Game 2. Played a lot down the stretch, missed some free throws. And, you know, the Lakers will have to adjust to him being on the court. He's a big, big guard out of South Carolina. He actually guarded LeBron a little bit down the stretch. And the reason I'm taking the Lakers at 6.5, LeBron was pretty awful in the second half. The Lakers got nothing out of Kyle Kuzma to the point that Frank Vogel benched Kuzma at the end. They had Caruso, Rondo, and KCP as the guards late. I mean, Kuzma's not going to play that badly again. LeBron's not going to play that badly again. I like the Lakers here. That was the game the Nuggets had to have. Give me the Lakers. A little chalky. They're favored by 6.5. I'm all over the Lakers. Listen, the best bet's been hot. If you're playing it, we're over 65% on the best bet, folks. You're making money. All right, that'll do it for Tuesday's show. We will be back on Wednesday, NFL heavy, and obviously we'll do some uh, Celtics heat, some Lakers nuggets recap. Until then, peace. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.